Woohoo! Hey, everybody. <laughs> Don't you love when a plan comes together? Anyway, just checking in. I haven't done a kind of an update segment like this in a long time. It's always been bigger productions the last week or so. But here we are. We're going to talk about where we are today, what just happened, all the indicators that actually came through perfectly, and talk about inflation, talk about some of the layer ones, and a few other things that we'll see. So it was uh, all around a pretty good day. Uh, I think on average, the crypto market went up 10% in 24 hours or something nuts like that. But let's go. I've got some good stuff to cover. So first of all, math, money, and freedom. And disclaimer, and a big thank you to everybody who got through this difficult patch. I think we are out of the woods. And let me explain why I think that's the case. First of all, the GNF, as I call it, the Greed and Fear Index, nailed the bottom again when it hit 10 absolutely perfectly. This little chart here is from the Greed and Fear Index, and you can see the three bottoms at 30k that we had during the summer doldrums, and the 40k bottom. Again, pin perfect 10. Each time was a floor and an indicator. Now, this does not mean that we could not revisit the 10 again if something bad happens, but I think the amount of money coming in is going to mean upwards from here. But let's look at a few other indicators. This is a chart I put together. It talks about this 40K support, which we had in September, which we hit, and how it shot up. So again, here we have on the left, the little blue arrow, the green line across the bottom, that's the 40K level. September, we were there, we bounced around there four times, five times, I think we breached 40K five times in September. And lo and behold, January 2022, it hit that same level on the nose. So now the big question is, if we go up like we did in October, when we shot up straight to 67K in less than three weeks. Now, if that's the case right now in this situation, if we carry the same slope, that means we could hit $67,000 by February 22nd, 2022. By the way, I do like numbers, and uh, I'm just going to talk about these numbers for a second. I didn't make this up. I created the chart. It landed on Feb 22nd, 2022. And I love 22s. I love 3s, etc. But uh, for those of you who know about numbers, 22 typically represents uh, double the amount of energy. It's also a number which symbolizes manifesting your highest desires and ideals into reality. So if we all manifest 67K by February 22nd or before, that means 22 works. So again, I don't make these things up. They fall and sometimes they're coincidental. Sometimes they may have meaning. So we'll watch that carefully. Now let's talk about Bitcoin dominance here. Again, for those who cannot see the chart, if you're driving or it's hard to see, I have laid out the Bitcoin dominance ratio since middle of 2021, and it's a blue line. And it touched on the 40% dominance level three times, approximately. Now, the significance of that is it only breached it once, and it breached it briefly. And that signifies to me that 40% Bitcoin dominance is a pretty bullish sign. And again, we typically go up from this level as Bitcoin gets stronger. Again, it was beaten down, hit a floor, and it's another good indicator that we had hit rock bottom, which is good. Now, 2022 is a year where I do believe certain 
protocols will do very well, but the garbage will be abandoned and a lot of the money will flow into better assets like really good layer ones and Bitcoin. Just my thesis for my 2020 predictions. Anyway, let's talk about some reserve drainage because uh, I feel like a broken record sometimes. Bitcoin reserve drainage continues. This from Phoenix on Twitter. Again, a massive amount of Bitcoin was taken off the exchange balances in the last 24 hours. A monstrous whale seems to be quite, quite certain that either A, the bottom is in, or B, we'll see higher prices in the future. They're both positive. So again, the whales are pretty good. We'll talk more about some other whales that we see out there. Now, the other question is, are we going long? Hell yeah, we're going long. So this is from the rational route. And we bounced off the rational route recovery slope. If you, for those who cannot see the chart again, if we look at the bull market cycle of 2021 compared to 2017, compared to 2013, compared to 2011, we are going way long. All the old cycles typically lasted about 240 days till after the halving. Now we, in this particular run in 2021, which has bled into 2022, we are now at 414 days. And that's 130 days longer than history, or 4.64 months. So yes, buckle in, it's going to be a long ride. And uh, I think it's a good thing. Now let's talk about inflation and what this all means. Talk about it all 2021, and now it's all kind of coming together. So inflation up, crypto rallies on bad as expected inflation data. So we have to kind of think about this. As you guys know, I had a lot of questions over the weekend around what the reading would mean on Wednesday. And I said, well, if we hit 7.1%, that should make for the bullish case for Bitcoin, because Bitcoin is an inflation hedge. At least the smartest people in the world think that. We'll talk more about that as well in a minute. But uh, here we missed the expectation by 0.1% of what I thought it would be, what the market thought it would be, etc. And that's actually a good thing. But it shows you what a peculiar world we live in where markets rally because of that 0.1% was not considered as bad as expected. My goodness, we have very low expectations these days. So that's that. But we're going to dig a little bit more into inflation. This is what it looks like from, from a distance. If you can't see this chart, you got this red line, which is kind of the Fed funds rate, which is what federal funds pay you in interest. And you got the blue line, which is inflation. Typically, the blue line is above the red line. But in this case, the blue line, which is inflation, is going parabolic straight up. If it, lo if it was a stock, I would buy it. So just to put things in perspective, what it basically means as well, as the red line is flat, close to zero or zero, you know, holding cash in such an inflationary environment is not a good idea. That being said, I do have some cash right now uh, waiting to organize some stuff over the next couple of weeks. So let's talk about the surprise that was inflation we knew was going up. Many people are hoping it will taper off, but if you break it down to the component parts, uh, a couple of things really, really jumped off the charts. The food cost index climbed 6.3%, but it's a lot higher than that. If you go into a restaurant, like I've gone into some restaurants that I've been going to for years and years, and literally the prices are increasing by 20% every two or three months. Now, it says the food price index climbed 6.3%, 
but no, not true. 6.5% last year. Now, the energy costs over the year were 29.3%, which is huge, and could even be higher. If, for example, if there's a little bit of a problem with Russia and the Ukraine, watch energy prices explode, especially in Europe. Anyway, um, the big message here is the highest inflation in 40 years since the 1980s. And uh, here we are. So let's jump a little bit further, a little breakdown of what this looks like. This is a chart. For those who can't see, it's kind of color-coded to show you where the chunks of cost increases are. The kind of darkish blue, or bluish gray, um, is kind of the services. And then the green is the food. The teal is energy and I think the no the dark gray is energy and what else food I can't even see anymore my eyes are going anyway that's another representation of what it all looks like everything is going up that's the big takeaway here nothing is getting cheaper the question is will some stuff get cheaper yeah energy could oil could but we'll see but remember the denominator is the dollar and the dollar is debasing it's losing purchasing power as a result, things would just get expensive anyway. And many, many believe, like myself, we are in this downward spiral where we won't be able to dig ourselves out of inflation. So forget deflation for now, but that's the situation. Now, think about this. For those people that are earning a paycheck, um, this is a little bit of staggering information. If you look at uh, medium income, it fell 3% each of the last two years. And just as a reminder as well, the median number is the middle number in the sorted and ascending and or descending order. So if you imagine 300 million people working, the median is kind of the average. It's fallen 3% over the last two years. Now, part of this is because a lot of people have left the workforce. A lot of people were able to retire on crypto. Yay, good for you guys. But lock in those gains. And uh, But the key thing is that I want to represent is if... You are not getting, assuming assuming inflation is 7% a year ago and 15% over the last 12 months, if you're not getting a 22% income salary increase over the last two years, you are losing earning power. So talk to your boss and say, hey, this crazy guy on YouTube says I should ask for, if I haven't gotten a raise in the last two or three years, I need to get 22%. <laughs> no, don't say that, of course, but subtly ask for it uh, and that's a big problem as well for employers to deal with this but everybody's going to come knocking on the door looking for that raise or they're going to go elsewhere so let's talk about some of our gurus in the space this is a guy called mark cuban we put a little basketball in his hand he says bitcoin is not an inflation hedge because he said the doge bitcoin curve was flat anyway i, I didn't read too much into the article but for him to come out and say something so ridiculous it's kind of weird. There's a guy who gets rug pulled. He thinks he's a crypto expert and now an inflation expert. And he says Bitcoin is not an inflation hedge. Dude, wake up. Anyway, it's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. And he should stick to basketball. This guy, last Friday, my former professor from Wharton, Jeremy Siegel, he used his brain, 70 years of experience, and he says Bitcoin has stood out as an inflation hedge. Boom. Who are you going to believe? Mark Cuban, Jeremy Siegel. You choose. Do your own research. Now, another kind of fun news. I love this. And a big thank you to Sanjay for sharing. <laughs> I love this. A whopping 57% of those surveyed in a global survey 
across the UK, United States, etc. The UK said those that invest over 3% of their monthly income in Bitcoin, 57% of those interviewed said they invest over 3% of their monthly income in Bitcoin. I know anybody from Europe here on this channel, I know you guys probably do a lot more than that, but that was staggering. Staggering. 37% put 3 to 5% of their income into Bitcoin. 18% put 6 to 10% into Bitcoin and 2% more than 10%. That is staggering. So why do the Brits love Bitcoin? I'm not sure. But when you compare this to the US and only 36%, the Brits love it twice as much as the Americans. And the most stunning number out of all of this is only 8% of those surveyed in the United Kingdom do not invest in Bitcoin. So think about that. If anybody out there from the United Kingdom or Europe believes these numbers or doesn't, let me know below. I thought it was staggering. So, but typically, if you look at countries that have very high propensity to invest in things like Bitcoin, it means they don't trust their central bank, their currency, etc. So obviously, maybe the Bank of England's in trouble. But let's talk about some other stuff. The Petro Bitcoin could potentially be getting closer. I had many conversations about this last year and in conversations with people like Greg Foss. And this is interesting because uh, at some stage, energy will be denominated in an asset that doesn't debase like Bitcoin. And I think we're getting a few steps closer. Now, a lot of people say, oh, Iran are bad and this, that and the other. This is not about Iran or anything else. But Iran will allow Bitcoin payments for international trade, thereby maybe curtailing embargoes, who knows what. I know they've been doing that for a while. But they're also making baby steps to making Bitcoin an international reserve currency. Slowly moving towards the Petro Bitcoin, digital energy to the power of two. Who knows? Very bullish, but it could also cause some repercussions in the international monetary system. And this is why groups like these guys, the IMF, are probably getting very, very nervous. So with all this happening in the United Kingdom, like I just showed, and Iran, the IMF is freaking out a little bit. Uh, so the IMF said they see connections between equity and crypto markets, and that could pose a risk to financial stability. Now, do the IMF care about you? No, they care about their own pockets and their own control. And that's the big message here. And the agency, they also said they want to see a coordinated global regulatory framework to mitigate the risks. And again, when these guys get nervous about something like Bitcoin, it's worth looking at the asset to invest in because they are not on your side. That's the IMF news. Now let's talk about some Ethereum news. This is per sentiment, uh, the amount of Ethereum held by the top 10 non-exchange whale addresses, very important non-exchange ones, has now ballooned to 26 million ETH. And meanwhile, the top 10 exchange whale addresses um, continue falling to with only about three, I think three and a half million ETH. So basically what's happening is retail investors are selling and the top 10 whales are accumulating ETH hard. These folks know what's going on. And I know Ethereum has its problems and everything else, but they wouldn't be doing this if they weren't incredibly bullish. And uh, it was also sad to see many ETH holders capitulate and sell, but uh, follow the big guys and what the big whales do, because that's a good indicator as to where the price is going. So according to this, ETH price is going to go up. Now, in other news as well, uh, this is from 
a Bank of America report, not from me, Bank of America, and it said Solana could beat out Ethereum to become the Visa of Crypto from Bank of America. Now, the key here is they touched on a couple of different points. Um, it was the Bank of America Global uh, Head of Crypto Assets and Digital Assets. I think it's Alkesh Shah. And he cited a couple of things. One, there's more than 400 dApps running on Solana's network. We know that, of course. He also said it has extremely high throughput, low cost, and ease of use to create blockchains optimized for use cases. Big part of my thesis, ease of use, development, full integration, etc. But it can also do things like handle micropayments, DeFi, NFTs, decentralized networks, Web3, gaming. And he's just extremely bullish. He sees more positivity coming out of this chain than any other. He also said more speed than any, any other. It blows Ethereum and Visa, Visa out of the water in terms of speed. And uh, it also mentioned the theoretical limit of 65,000 transactions per second at a fraction of a penny. So that was the big thing. So that was interesting news in Bank of America. Needless to say, they're bullish on Solana and they will recommend it to their clients to buy Solana. So a good feather in the cap. Let's talk about the TPD wars. TPD means transactions per day. And this is an interesting chart as well that popped up. And it compared the transactions per day of Phantom, Avalanche, and Ethereum and the one-year history on how the new chains have grown and how Ethereum has actually been flat or has actually decreased by 100,000 transactions per day. So Phantom processes, I think, 850,000 a day, Avalanche about 750k, and uh, Ethereum is about 40% more than both of them, about 1.2 million transactions. Note as well, because I know the question is going to come up, it's like, what does Solana do? Well, Solana do about 60 million plus transactions per day. But a big chunk of those transactions are actually messages or votes. Um, so conservatively, at least 6 million a day. So it's 4, tech, four to 5x what uh, Ethereum is doing right now. Um, but remember, Solana doesn't have all the layer twos to help it scale. So it's just in itself. That's why it needs so much scalability. Now, there is one thing to mention here as well, and I've been kind of trying to figure out why there is so much TVL growth and things like Avalanche and Phantom. And again, I always approach this whole industry, this whole space from my DNA, which is risk management. Okay, so I look for risk first. Now, in this article as well, they did highlight a couple of things that Avalanche and Phantom have things like unordered code, don't know how true this is, check the article, exploitable bugs, and sometimes insufficient risk disclosures, aggressive marketing tactics, for example, Phantom does advertise in Formula One cars, and um, there are the occasional exit scams. My message to you all is when you see these very juicy 100% API returns on AMMs, etc., out there on these different exchanges that are built on these platforms, be careful. These aggressive protocols advertise these triple digit and even higher yields, but they bury the risk of default within the terms of service. So read them very carefully or you could lose your coin. Um, so DeFi exploits as well as reminder last year, still 3.2 billion in 2021. So, and I expect that to continue in 2022. So be careful where you park your money. That's just the message. But again, the TVL is exploding because the yields are so crazy and juicy and that's attracting all the money, but you're not in the safest place to store cash. Remember, cash in a bank earns nothing, but it's safe. Well, it melts away, but anyway, I just want to stress that thing there as well. And finally, 
Polygon Matic, they are going live next week with their version of EIP 1559, which is something that will help them burn a lot. But don't get too excited because it's not that substantial. So the the EIP 1559 proposal for Matic represents about 0.27% of the total supply. And I think they have 10 billion total supply. That's about 27 million Matic. And that is, in my book, a nothing burger of burn. Sometimes the chains come out and say, yeah, we're burning. Ooh, get excited. I'm very bullish in Matic. But again, this doesn't mean that much. Uh, so, but this news did help. And some other good news will help Matic flip uh, the meme coin Sheeb briefly today in market cap. So let's talk about a little bit of leverage and derivative news. This one, if you look at the Bitcoin leverage ratio, it's now above 2%. And this typically ends in a flush out. So new open record of contracts up 42% since December. This can be both bullish and bearish, but there's a lot of shorts in this. A lot of people shorting, hoping for that 30K Bitcoin. And that could bring about a massive short squeeze. All right. So if the price starts accelerating fast, they got to run and cover, which means they got to jump and buy, and buy all the way up the chain. So there is a good chance of a short squeeze coming for Bitcoin, which is very bullish. Watch this space. And speaking of derivatives, Coinbase uh, are copying FTX. FTX bought Ledger X uh, about five or six months ago. It's not fully integrated in the platform. But when it is, I will show you guys how to use it. Hopefully, big use of FTX and Coinbase, but I just prefer FTX uh, because of their execution speed, never go down, etc. Um, but here, it clearly says that the market wants to do more with derivatives as they go forward. And uh, I think Coinbase have about 4 million customers or millions of the 58, 60, 68 million customers globally. I don't know how many are in the US but everybody will want to be able to use these derivatives to hedge their risk and not have to do it in some of the other platforms that are out there. So we'll watch this both very carefully as well. It takes a while to integrate this. Let's talk about crypto wealth and how crypto builds it. CZ is now one of the top 20 richest people on earth. And he comes from very humble beginnings. He was a McDonald's worker, a la Michael Saylor, believe it or not. I think after all these crypto billionaires coming out of McDonald's. Everybody's going to want to get a job at McDonald's. Uh, I missed that opportunity. Um, anyway, Zhao, uh, he does come from very humble beginnings and his family moved from China to Canada after the Chinese government derided his father as some type of intellect or whatever, pro-bourgeois intellect, some word like that. So landed on his feet, top 20 guy, self-made. Now, feel good story of the day. I got two of these today and I love sharing these. A Bitcoin miner, a tiny Bitcoin miner with one rig beat the odds, and he got a 6.25 Bitcoin reward today. That is huge. The odds of that happening are 1 in 10,000. The larger miners typically get uh, to solve the blocks, but it's rare that an individual solo miner can get this reward, and that's worth about 275k today, which is awesome. And uh, he also gets a transaction fee reward of about uh, 5,000 on top of that just for dinner and drinks. So great chase. And the even better one, this kid, this student out of Indonesia, his name is Gozali, Gozalo. He has turned a thousand selfies. He took a picture of himself every day for two years and turned them into NFTs. And this collection within a week or less has created a million dollars in volume. So imagine just being a student. He started selling them for $3 each 
And now the cheapest one is over a thousand dollars. He's got 700 of them or a thousand of them or something. So well done. I love that entrepreneurial spirit. This guy will go far. So with that, I'm going to answer a couple of questions and hope everybody's doing awesome. That was a, a fun news segment. Let me switch cameras. And let me see. I'm going to drink a little bit of my tea. We have Dunder Mifflin back in the office. I know people always ask what I drink. It's white tea with a little cornflower. Cornflower buds, not flower flower. Anyway, let's jump into the questions. And a big thank you as well. A huge thank you to a big donation from Venkat Reddy. Wow, thank you. We can make more possible the weekends when we sponsor our animals. I've got some cool ones coming up this weekend too. Um, what is the advantage of buying MicroStrategy stock as a Bitcoin proxy instead of buying underlying asset Bitcoin? apart from using stock to sell calls, options, or sell put options below. Is there any other use of buying MicroStrategy instead of Bitcoin? Well, the, there's, there's a whole leveraging options and buying it on margin within a brokerage account. Two big advantages. Second, uh, selling puts, selling calls out of the money after a spike are all very lucrative. But the real value is think of what Michael Saylor is doing as what I call financial jujitsu, he can extract more value out of his business than any Bitcoin ETF can. So think of Grayscale selling at a discount of 20%. This business is selling at an absolute uh, discount as well, because there's, last time I valued it, there's actually zero intrinsic value for the actual business that can do nothing but put all their cash flow into buying Bitcoin over time. So with that is nothing but goodness. But right now, MicroStrategy is drastically overvalued. It was unbelievable to be able to buy it at 450 last week. I think it's about 520 today. But it is still very, very undervalued, lagging far behind Bitcoin. But it's only a matter of time, as I always say, before it pounces and then it goes over, overvalued. And that's the time when you sell a call against the position. So hang tight with that. Uh, I have a very, very big position in MicroStrategy. Continue to hold and uh, they tend to be very levered, synthetic longs, etc. Ali Varian, uh, can you take a look at friction.fi? It is an on-chain option trading, and I want to know what the risks of putting my coins there. What will happen if the price of asset goes up significantly for many weeks? Well, that'd be a good thing if you're there. Um, but be careful with all of these little finance, DeFi platforms, AMMs, etc. Many of them. Many of them are very sketchy. And if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. Remember, people, I, we, we are on the receiving end of people that get their wallets drained, get rug pulled, lose their money on some sketchy platform that they thought was legit. I mean, the, the number of sophisticated scams out there are quite staggering. I will have a look at friction.fi, but if I was to do an on-chain option trading kind of platform, I, I would just go with the Ledger X's of the world or something more stable, more big. Again, you're, you're housing your precious money in these places. You want to make sure they are stand up. But I will take a look, Ellie. Thank you for the question. Stephen D, between Link and Ave, which is the better buy? I think both are intriguing at their current price points. Yes, Ave under 200 bucks, Link at 20 bucks. They're both great bargains. One of the tiny problems I do have with Link is the inflation is a little bit high, and I don't like high inflation tokens, but the value that Chainlink provides and how it's integrated and everything is just mind-blowing. 
Um, and I think the addition of the former CEO of Google uh, in there as well will help them position themselves better and open up a ton of connections. You know, you add these advisors, not for their intellect, but for their influence. And that's where I'm even more bullish in Chainlink. In terms of Aave, I think they have a lot of competition. And because they're ETH-based, you know, fees are a little bit high. They need to fix that. Uh, kind of akin to what Uniswap are doing with Matic. I hope there'll be a better version of Aave. I know Aave are doing a lot of things as well, branching out to different chains. I like them both. I hold them both. I have not bought Aave since the summer. In full disclosure, I did buy Link at 20 and below over the last few weeks. So, And I did that purely based on technical analysis and stuff that I saw in the numbers. But it's funny, uh, the interesting thing about Chainlink is as the market booms, <laughs> Chainlink goes down and vice versa. When the market's tanking, Chainlink goes up. It's like a, it's like a contrarian asset. Bat Pangolin in New Zealand. In 2017, you could sell, but not short. Do you see the reason that why we will never see a blow off top again? Not really. There is a lot more control. So when you see uh, big, big hedge positions, there tend to be counter hedge positions, and that puts a lid on activity. There's just too much money, too much pain to be, to, you know, to, for something to be a blow off top. Also, the asset is so much bigger, um, and that's kind of why this happened. I think the squeeze in the past, the blow off top, probably was also manipulated like whales hoarding and then dumping. Um, but I think, uh, no, there, there will be a price increase. Just look at the activity on chain. Look at the supply drain. I keep talking about supply draining. Draining gets lower and lower and lower. Ethereum is even more staggering. And then once the demand starts picking up and, and demand is exploding everywhere, everywhere you go, there's more on-ramps, there's more banks. You got everybody now in Turkey putting every penny they have in their pound or whatever else, or lira, sorry, the Turkish lira, into Bitcoin. Um, and it's happening all over the world. We will get one or two more sovereigns as well this year, so it'll be exciting to watch. So just, I think it's going to happen. We just need to be patient. This will go up. The only way is up. MS Express. I'm a bit concerned about Booth's answer that government institutions could try to suppress Bitcoin long-term. Would love your thoughts. Uh, I... Haven't heard that, but yes, as I mentioned with the IMF, governments are very threatened. British government is, Bank of England is threatened by it. The IMF is threatened by it. Everybody's threatened by it. But the, as I always say, you can't put the tube back in the toothpaste back in the tube. It's out. You can't kill Bitcoin. And the more you try, the more popular you make it. It's uh, it's just fantastic. So not too concerned. Ray Dalio is also concerned about that as well. But again, when you try and kill it, it'll just go up. Uh, I think there could be issues thinking in multiple dimensions. If Iran and Russia and China were all going to jump on board with a kind of petro-Bitcoin type standard, that would rattle the Fed, the US government and European governments as well. That would take a lot of power away from them. And they wouldn't be able to defend it. So we'll watch that carefully. Silence of the Lambs, GBTC. You talk about using Bitcoin as a money market account. Would you use this like a money market for Roth IRAs? Sure. Absolutely. Especially at a discount. I still firmly believe that by June 2022, GBTC will convert into a spot ETF. 
which means you, if you buy it now, you get 20% off. So um, definitely. And in full disclosure, I have some GBDC in a retirement account too, but I've had it for a long time. Satya Iyer, uh, what is your take on USPT now that it has beaten down more than 70% from its high? What is USPT? Sometimes I don't know if people are talking about, I think it's upstart, not USPT. You mean UPST? I think it's UPST. Um, yeah, I think it's not U SPT, it's UPST. If that's what you're talking about. Yeah, I still, it's, it's one of those things I know Kathy, Wood is extremely bullish on it, um, but let me see. I don't know. It's not one I'm I'm following right now. Um, my my mission this year is to focus on less stocks because there's simply too many of them and too many cryptos. So just focus on less. But I'll take a look at Upstart and see if there's any value. I see the chart is horrible, from 400 down to 100. That's not pretty. But if it is USPT. Let me know as well in the comment and uh, Kate will find that out. So Brad M, is it unrealistic to believe Matic can obtain 10% of ETH's market cap this year while considering ETH's own rate of appreciation? Um, let me check out some numbers. That's an interesting question. I do believe the ETH trans, the, the Matic transactions will, inc will exceed that of, that of Ethereum for sure. And the question is, what impact will that have on price? So the relative market caps are 17 to about 100 billion. Hang on a second. Ranking. 17, just make sure I got the right numbers, 400. The basic question you're asking is, can it 2.3x while Ethereum stands still? I think it's possible, but it might be a bit of a stretch. I do think uh, Ethereum is in line for a big run, at least back to 5,000 pretty soon, or thereabouts. Um, Matic does have a little bit of inflation, which holds it back, and Ethereum is going deflationary this year. So from that perspective, it might be hard, but theoretically possible, Brad, So, but I wouldn't bank on it. Crypto Creed, I'm planning to layer into Phantom, Atom, or Link. Which one do you recommend, and which is the entry price? So. Cosmos, um, I think it's it's run a little bit too much, and I have a philosophy of not chasing. And I know people hate when I say that, but I just I save money that way. Other names like the Chainlink, I like a twenty, Phantom at two. That's where I buy those things. Uh, Phantom is banging on the door at three bucks right now. Last time I saw, and it is two ninety on the nose. Um, so it's hard to say. Link tends to go down when the market goes up. So, but Link also has inflation. Phantom has a little bit of inflation. Cosmos has a little bit of inflation. Um, if I had to pick one, I'd go with Phantom, uh, to be honest, because I do believe with the rate of growth of that chain, it is staggering, especially from a TVL perspective, which I just covered in the session. So out of those three, if you held a gun to my head, I personally, not you, would buy Phantom. AG, um, Rose has been doing well lately. Do you previously said you really don't like the protocol? What was the reason? Let me check Rose protocol. I do have my notes, but it, 
want to make sure I say the right thing and pull up Oasis. Hold on a second. Oasis Network. Ooh, yeah. Okay. There's a few reasons. Uh, very high insider distribution, 60%. Very heavily centralized. Inflation is 56%. And that's it. It's bad, bad, bad. And a whole bunch of just, just really poor tokenomics too. Not one I would touch. So I hope that helps AG. And JKS, can you share your exit price on CleanSpark? Uh, yeah, when I get there, I... I held from 10 all the way up to 22, and I'm still holding down at 850. So I'm waiting for it to bounce back with the other miners. Um, but this time I'll be a lot cleverer. I was so focused on, on the Tesla trade, which my Tesla position is probably 250 times larger than my CleanSpark position, maybe 300 times larger. Therefore, I focus on my positions and I ignored CleanSpark. That was a mistake I made last year. I had too many positions open. That's why I cleaned up my closet at the end of the year. I want to be much more focused, much more surgical, much more patient. But uh, once it gets above $20 again, I'll have a quick look at Bitcoin and the Bitcoin price. I'll look at the valuations. I know that they, they were quite clever, actually. They sold about 200 Bitcoin or 400 Bitcoin at about 57,000, I think it was. Um, so they could technically buy them back and make a little profit. But they have been selling. And I kind of like miners that hodl, but they need to sell to buy more rigs so they can scale. Um, but HUD8 and CleanSpark remain my two. I did sell my HUD8 at the end of the year too as well, by the way. Uh, so that's it. El Cid, what do you think about the Nation of Palo offering digital regis re residency? Could this allow Americans access things like IODs and airdrops? Well, El Cid, you can do that anyway using a VPN. So it's not hard to get an IOD and airdrops if you structure your computer correctly. Um, but I, I, I didn't know about the Nation of Pala offering digital residency. I did hear that Tonga might be a sovereign Bitcoin state too in the near future. We'll see. But uh, yeah, you can get an IOD without getting a residency pretty easily. So check out my how to buy an IDO uh, video. One way up, since OTC orders don't reflect on market prices, do exchanges have the incentive to keep pricing low to fill them? So the way an OTC order works is uh, it, it's like a gradual buy on an exchange. So if I go to Coinbase and say, hey, I want to buy 100,000 Bitcoin, and this stuff is happening right now behind the scenes, and a huge part of Coinbase's business is actually filling these orders, what they do is they slowly, gradually accumulate without rattling the market piece by piece. Or they find a seller like a whale that has 100,000 Bitcoin for sale and they cut a deal. And that's why it doesn't impact the exchanges. But basically what it does though, is you can see on chain, the money gradually draining from the exchanges and going to cold storage. And that's where you know the accumulation is happening. In fact, 2021, you could argue, has been a big institutional whale type accumulation period net net so um they will not be able to keep prices low from just doing otc orders again it's supply and demand and bitcoin is the hardest scarcest most pristine asset on earth 
And a big thank you for donations as well. Russell Sarder, thank you for your consistent and quality of information. Oh, you're so welcome. Um, I'm getting, uh, I, I'm really enjoying this. It's year two began and uh, I feel more confident speaking my mind. I was a bit nervous at the beginning, but now I can, I can back up my feelings with numbers and experience by showing that the methodologies that we use here work. Caligula, big shout out and big hugs for Misa. She's the best. We all appreciate her very much. Yes, Misa. Uh, so sorry about uh, what happened, but let's get another one. It's the best thing to do. Uh, German girl in Virginia. Danke für alles. Yes. Artem, GT350, Thomas Lean, Dog One, Luna playing with Pastel, St. Jude Needs Us, Jeff Hammer, Sinad, Green Guppy, Bottle of Red, Bottle of Red. I promise somebody I'll drink some red wine tonight. And Crypto, Hub, Crypto Hippo, Ryan Kaweki, Sean Bosley, Bad Kitty DC, and Dean. Good night, everybody. I'll see you tomorrow. Hope everybody has a good night and hope the market does well at nighttime too. Bye.